Hello, and welcome to the 20th episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingbert, and I'm your host. Special thanks to Media Temple and Expand the Room for supporting the show. This week, I have with me Morgan Politon, uh, who learned to be a developer in just nine months. He recently finished a fellowship at Thinkful and is now working full-time as a developer at Taphead, a mobile advertising platform. Welcome, Morgan. And for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for the intro, Ruben. Um, So I was uh, actually a a business major in college, so I just want to get it out there that um, my my road to code started last summer, um, as you said. And uh, the way I kind of got into programming was um, I I concentrated in entrepreneurship, and I'd always been into startups. I had um, tried and failed to start a company in college and worked for startups in college, and I came to realize that, um, you know, one of the most valuable skill sets for a startup is uh, the programming skill set. And I also really wanted to, you know, build those technical skills so I can uh, create things. Um, and so what happened is, uh, you know, there were the stars aligned and it turned out that last summer I was I was working in D.C. Um, and the time was right to move to New York Um I was actually in a long-distance relationship with my girlfriend at the time, um, and she was in New York, so I moved, I quit my job, uh, moved to New York, moved in with her, um, and I started to teach myself to code full-time with the aim of getting a job as a developer at a startup in New York City. Um, so that's how I got started, and uh, that led to the uh, fellowship of Thinkful, and, and as you said, now job at TapEd. That's awesome, and I think I think your story is very cool because it happens so so rapidly, and a lot of people kind of get stuck, uh, you know, at, stuck getting started, and you really didn't. What was it like for you to quit your job and dive headfirst into the web? You know, I know you had the business background and you worked at startups, but you really you really dove headfirst uh, into this pool of technology that you hadn't really touched or learned on yet before. So, what was it like? Yeah, it was. It was scary and exciting at the same time. Um, you know, I was definitely uh, lucky, and I feel very grateful that I did have the support of my girlfriend. So, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, not have a job for a couple months. Um, I had some money saved up, but you know, I was also living with her. So, you know, it was it was a good time for me to do it. Um, and you know, I just kind of told myself that. I wouldn't stop until I got a job, until I actually learned, <clears throat> no matter how long it took. So, you know, I hear, uh, you know, people have been asking me, you know, after the blog post on Thinkful came out, um, you know, it's that they've tried and stopped or, you know, it's been frustrating or that it hasn't happened as quickly as they should. And, you know, for advice and, you know, probably the, the I think the principle um, that I come back to is that, you know, for different people in different situations, it's going to take different amounts of time, but you just really have to be committed to, to learning. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a technical skill set. It's, it's difficult at first. Um, and you know, you just have to, you know, basically never, never give up. Um, it could have taken me two years. It could have taken me even, you know, less, uh, but I knew that I wasn't going to stop until, until I achieved the goal. It's. I mean, it's so true that you have to you have to keep pushing and you have to build up that momentum. Um, but how did you how did you build the confidence um, to just say, you know, to you know, 
when you're just starting out, and I remember this when I was first starting out, it's, you know, it takes a lot of drive and, you know, for anybody to do it to sort of learn on your own. And how did you build that confidence and that motivation? Um, let's see. You know, I'd always been, um, since I was younger, I think, really motivated. Um, and, you know, I can't honest, I'm not sure, you know, why that is. Um, I think, you know, one of the things was I, I had done a lot of research about the kind of career of a software engineer, web developer. Um, and I had, you know, done a lot of reading about, uh, you know, Quora, for example, about the the journey and what you know what it was like to be a developer and from other people who had taken the journey before me so i think one of the things that might have helped just uh you know kind of reflecting based upon your question is i had a really clear vision of the end goal um you know so even though it was really tough in the beginning especially learning on my own through treehouse and not really having you know any mentors or anything like that um the motivating factor was that I had a really clear picture of, you know, what it was like to be a developer. Um, I mean, and that's everything from the type of companies you work for, what you do on a day-to-day basis, the the median salary, the you know, the the growth in salary over ten years, and you know, what the companies in New York City. Like, I actually had a spreadsheet of companies in New York that I wanted to work for <laughs> um, before I even really knew how to write any HTML. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, looking back at it, I think that was very that was very motivating. Well, uh, I I really love how you call it a journey because so many people don't get it. Uh or people don't understand rather that it takes time and that you're not it's not something that you're just going to be like, "Oh, I picked this up like that overnight." It's going to be something that your knowledge is going to build up over time. It's like anything that you learn in school that it's going to take time. Um so what what was it like for you as your coding knowledge grew? Like, you know, when you built your first, you know, hello world thing versus what you're building now, like how did you feel? And like, what, what type of things did you, what types of things did you work on to build your knowledge and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I actually want to, um, before I get into that question, also just kind of add on about, you know, you mentioned building momentum in the beginning and I think that's really important. And, you know, I'm actually, uh, now uh, on the mentor team at Thinkful, and I, I mentor uh, three students in front end web development. And one of the things I tell them is that in the beginning, when you're first learning, it's actually helpful to be unbalanced. Um, and by unbalanced, I mean, you know, it's helpful to kind of give coding your all. Like every, if possible, every you know hour you can. But even if you have a job, every hour that you're not working. And just really think about it all the time. Spend as many hours as possible. Um, you know, if you're willing to do it, don't have a social life for a month <laughs> or something like that. You know, no, uh, I, <laughs> no, I agree with you tenfold. I used to when I was first getting started, I would listen to podcasts that were way be like way beyond my knowledge base. But I'm like, I'm going to pick something up. And now, as I'm as I'm doing it full time, it's like all of a sudden these things are clicking. I'm like, oh, I heard this on this podcast about this jQuery plugin or this thing or that thing. And if I hadn't been listening to those from the beginning, that just background noise wouldn't have sunk in at all. Yeah, that, that's actually a really great point. It's funny that you bring up podcasts because I do the exact same thing. Um, ever since, again, since I didn't know how to code, I would listen to podcasts, have no idea what they were talking about 10%, <laughs> 90% of the time. 
Um, I still do that on my commute to and from work. Um, I, well, probably I, listen to I, I hope you listen to this one every now and then. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to start. I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't yet listened <laughs> to a podcast, but I, I did look at your guests. And as you know, I know some of the guests that you've had on your show. So I'm definitely going to start uh, adding this to the to the rotation. Great. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and yeah, and just to emphasize your point, like um, be unbalanced in the beginning. You know, you don't want to be unbalanced for, you know, your entire life as a developer. Um but it's really helpful to get over the hump and feel like you're making progress. And then, you know, you'll start to get those little wins and the motivation uh, will start to kick in and you'll be able to make, you know, continue learning even as you balance out, you know, and, and are not so crazy about it. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the immersion point is also, is also key. And I think that, you know, I, I had, it's important when you're when you're learning and immersing yourself, and there's so much that you you don't know and you don't understand, to just to be okay with it. I think, um, you know, like like you said, you'll what you're listening to will sink in somewhere in your subconscious, even if you don't understand it consciously or, or you know can can memorize it, and um, you know then you'll see it again, and your brain will recognize that pattern, right? That jQuery plugin, that you know that JavaScript tool or whatever. Um, and and then as you keep listening, things will start to make more and more sense. Um, but I find that, you know, especially as I mentor, what a lot of people run into is when they run into something that they don't understand and is difficult, um, they tend to uh, not be okay with it, right? They tend to feel like, oh, well, maybe this isn't for me or this is too difficult or, you know, I'm, I'm too late to the game or, you know, any other kind of um, – you know, defeating mindset. I, I, to this day, I still find myself pushing through that sometimes. And I think, I think a lot of developers, new, old, whatever, like they discover something and they're like, Oh, I've never done this before. So I don't really know how it works. But if you push yourself, you really could, you really could do amazing things. Yeah. That's a great point. It doesn't end, right? Like there's, you know, I, I work at TapAd and, you know, I, I do, I do front end development and, um, you know, the back end guys are doing, you know, they're writing Scala and, uh, you know, doing not only a different language that I don't understand, but uh, way more advanced computer science concepts that I don't understand. And, um, you know, no matter how experienced you are, there's always going to be stuff that you don't get. So that's it's a great point. Um, and it's a, it's a great mindset to, to try to put yourself in. I want to give a quick book shout out if you don't mind. Of course. Um, this, this book really helps me with this mindset and being okay with with uh, failing to understand and, and still pushing forward, and it's uh, called Mindset, <laughs> funny enough. Uh, <laughs> Who's it by? By Carol Dweck. Okay. I will um, I will link to that in the show notes for sure. Great. Um, so since you're a mentor, I, I want to I touch on that. Uh, why, as a mentor to new students, why do you believe <clears throat> uh, people should sort of pick up the charge and learn to code? I mean, it's a hot-button issue. Everyone was talking about it, you know, two years ago about Code Academy and all these other things and Code Now and Code Year. But why do you think people should learn how to code? So, I mean, there's the obvious answer of I want to become a developer, right? So that that's kind of the easy one. Um, I think for, you know, for people who are considering a career change um, and who are not, you know, yet set on becoming a developer, um, you know, the, the kind of, the kind of uh, responsible answer, I guess, if you will, is, you know, there's a huge lack of supply of talented developers. Um, you know, I, I've never gotten so many 
inbound LinkedIn messages and requests. <laughs> um, I've, actually, before I started to learn to code, I got zero. I was going to say, now that you're hired, do you feel like you're getting more? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was looking for a job, my LinkedIn requests were like pretty low. And now I get at least two or three a week. And I'm like, no, I have a job now. Where were you six months ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they always look for the passive candidates. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, if if you're looking for you know, employability and, you know, a, a good income and, you know, a good skill set, you know, it's a great skill set to learn. Um, and then the, you know, not the irresponsible answer, but like the exciting answer. And, you know, I think the, the passion answer, which really gets me going is, um, you know, programming is a creative uh, skill set. And it, it's really exciting to be able to have an idea and actually build it. And, you know, the same, the same satisfaction that, you know, tradespeople who, you know, build cabinets or whatever, you know, they get out of building things and creating things, you can also get with programming. Um, and it will probably take you less time and less money to learn programming than it will to learn how to, you know, uh, be a carpenter. Uh, and you'll, you'll have a more demand skill set to boot. Um, so that's, that's kind of the answer I would give. Um, I guess the third answer is also a, a fear answer. <laughs> how technology is evolving and integrating into every aspect of our economy. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you want to learn English to be uh, employable and competitive in the global economy. And you probably want to learn, you know, some programming at least uh, to, to be competitive in the future as well. For sure. And I want to continue talking to you about the mentor role that you're playing now. But first, let me talk about our sponsors. Uh, Special thanks to Expand the Room for sponsoring this week's episode of How to Hold a Pencil. Expand the Room is a boutique creative agency that specializes in developing amazing digital experiences and brands. Full disclosure, I started working at Expand the Room a few months ago, and it's been truly awesome. And I'm not just saying that because I work there. It's really a great place to work. Uh, I'm excited to tell you that Expand the Room is on the lookout for new and emerging talent. Uh, head over to expandtheroom.com slash careers to learn more about available opportunities in your application. Be sure to mention how to hold a pencil. And next, I also want to thank Media Temple. For years, Media Temple's grid service has been the web hosting choice of more designers, developers, and creative professionals than any other platform. That's because a single grid account can host anything from your portfolio site to 100 different client projects, and the grid is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers work together in the cloud to keep your sites online, even if you suddenly hit the front page of Reddit. It's all managed. It's all managed through their own simple custom control panel, and backed by Media Temple's famous twenty four seven live support. Also, check out their new managed WordPress hosting, as well as their managed hosting products. Special discounts for How to Hold a Pencil listeners. Use promo code Pencil P E N C I L for twenty five percent off your first month of web hosting. Go to MediaTemple.net and enter your promo code upon sign up. So, Morgan, I think it's so awesome how you. Uh, how you've gone from mentee to mentor uh, in such a short period of time. How does that, how does that play a role in your continued development as a developer? Well, thank you by the way um, for the compliment. Um, You know, one of the things I was really excited uh, about mentoring uh, was that it was obviously not only an opportunity to, you know, give back and help, uh, other people who were in my position, you know, about a year ago, but it was also a great learning opportunity for me. And, you know, I'm always looking for ways to kind of level up my skills as a developer. And, you know, they say one of the best ways to learn something is to teach it. And, you know, I've, I've definitely found that to be the case. Um, you know, when you're, 
when you're learning yourself, you know, there's probably, let's say, a hundred different paths that you can go down in terms of how you learn or what interests you and what you ask questions about. Um, and you only take one out of those hundred. And so when you're mentoring or teaching, you know, the people, your mentees or students will also take one path out of those hundred, but it'll probably be a different path. And so they'll be asking you questions and asking for help for situations that you've never actually seen before. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot from, uh, from the mentoring myself um, about, you know, areas that, uh, you know, languages and frameworks that I use every day. So it's, it's been really great. So I, I'm really interested in learning. Um, you talk about it in the blog post a little bit about your learning style. And I think for a lot of people, this is a major stumbling block getting their start. Um, because in grade school and elementary school, et cetera, you kind of are like told how to learn. Uh, but to learn on your own is it requires a very different skill set, and it requires you to figure out how you learn best. You know, some people learn really great from videos. Some people learn really great from books. Um, it's all different things. So how were you able to figure out your learning style? And what advice would you give somebody trying to figure out their own learning style for this? Yeah, that's a really key point. Um, it can be – it can definitely be difficult uh, at first to to figure out your learning style. <laughs> And it's really important. Um, I'd say for me, I you know I started off just experimenting and trying out a ton of different things. Um, so, you know, I was uh, you know obviously I did Code Academy like everyone else. I did um, Team Treehouse. I did Code School. Um, I listened to podcasts and read books and you know watched YouTube videos and you know I just kind of exposed myself to all the different ways one can learn um, in, in the very beginning. And I started to, you know, just after doing that, figuring out where, you know, different uh, learning methodologies would, would fit, right? So one of the things that I learned about myself, and I'm sure this is true for other people um, and, you know, maybe not for other, for others, but uh, I have to, when I learn a, a concept, it's really helpful for me to immediately apply that concept in some hands-on way um, or else my retention goes way down. Um, so, you know, any, this is one of the reasons why I like self-education so much because you can optimize for one instead of optimizing for however many people in your class or, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, as soon as you ha have a concept, if it's even if it's just five minutes of application of some kind of exercise or program or building something um, to really cement that concept. Um, and so the kinds of media that lend itself to that learning style is, is very much something like a, you know, a, a hands-on tutorial or a video and an exercise. So, you know, I've been drawn a lot to books and tutorials that, um, or, you know, classes or curriculum that uh, incorporate lots of hands-on projects and not a lot of lecture. Um, and I kind of save the lectures for when I cannot physically code at the moment, right? Whether I'm, like, eating lunch or dinner and watching TV or, you know, in the, uh, in the subway going to work or something <laughs> like that. Um, so, yeah, does that, does that answer your question? For sure, it does. So... We we when we're well, I have a lot of guests on the show and we talk about a lot of different things from Ruby on Rails to JavaScript to HTML CSS. <laughs> We've talked about PHP a little bit. Um, 
and it's when I got my when I was starting out, it took me forever to sort of like figure out where I should go. I started I did a Ruby on Rails Skillshare course with Matan Griffel. Mm-hmm. I did some HTML stuff on Skillshare, then I did Treehouse stuff, then I did WordPress stuff, I did all different things. And for me, navigating the beginning and figuring out where to go, like the point A to point B to point C was so difficult. And I'm wondering how you were what advice you would give somebody uh who's starting out to sort of find their own path. Yeah, I do remember that was one of the difficult things. Uh, I definitely struggled with that in the beginning as well. Um, it's probably a credit to uh, Matan's class, but I also took one-month rails. That was actually, I think that was the very first thing I did. Was uh, I took one-month rails, and I got through half of the course before I, I didn't really give up per se. I just kind of decided to do other things. Um, <laughs> we won't, I won't tell them. <laughs> that's right. I've already told them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's going to be different for everyone but I think the the overriding uh, principle that I, I feel confident will, will, could apply to everyone is, you know, take take very take very small steps, right? Take um, take baby steps when you're trying to learn. Um, the only caveat is if you're under some you know really quick deadline where you have to take bigger steps in order to you know you know finish something or learn something by a certain date. But if you're not under a deadline that like that. Um, yeah, do do whatever is the uh, smallest learning step. So, for example, if you're trying to become a web developer, um, you know that you're going to need to learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and you know a server side language. So, generally, it's easier to learn HTML as a beginner than it is to learn Ruby, right? For or sure. especially Rails or you know whatever. <laughs> um, and it's easier to learn CSS than JavaScript. So. You know, the, the kind of general most common answer um, I give is to learn, you know, kind of from the front end back, um, starting with HTML, CSS, jQuery, right, then JavaScript, then whatever server-side language. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, going to be a back-end developer where you, you know, you need to know a little bit of front-end to get by, but you're primarily interested in, um, you know, back-end, you know, you got a lot of people who are into, like, Python or um you know, Java or that kind of thing, um, you know, I would still, I think the principle still applies. Like, what is the smallest thing you can do to start learning? Um, you know, maybe that's like some some kind of tutorial about the, you know, beginner's tutorial to Python for the terrified and scared or something like <laughs> that, right? Like, you know, do something where you're pretty confident that you can do it um, uh, and you're not really, uh, you're not really in over your head for that first step. And then, um, the second step, which used to be over your head, will now be just at the right level to stretch you. Um, and if you keep taking those small steps, um, I think you'll end up in the right place. Um, so, you know, and for most people, I, I do recommend starting with HTML, CSS, and, you know, kind of working your way backwards. Um, some people kind of go the, the Ruby on Rails route and then, you know, learn the front end stuff afterwards. Um, but I find that you know, just because of the way the the client server architecture is set up, it's easier for beginners to start with stuff in the browser because they get immediate visual feedback about what's happening. Um, and there's a lot less setup to do that. That That is some awesome advice. So I know that as you were learning, um, you worked on some projects. Um, what was the, what was the favorite, what was your favorite project that you worked on as you were building your skills? My favorite project, um, probably say so there's um i took 
I took uh, Thinkful's front-end web development course. That was the kind of my first formal course that I, you know, paid for and had a mentor and everything. And and they had a project um, that was a hot or cold game, um, where you use it was the first JavaScript project, so you know, you know you weren't using jQuery anymore, um, and you had to build a. Uh, I guess it's a game that is like a common game that people play. I've never heard of it before, but you know, you you have a number from zero to hundred, and whatever you guess, um, the game has to tell you whether you're hot or cold, and whether you're getting hotter or colder as you as you continue to guess. Um, and it was the first game that really incorporated programming logic, or sorry, the first project that I did that really incorporated programming logic. Um, all my previous projects were either styling or you know interactivity. With, with jQuery, um, but this was the first logic-based game, and it, I felt like it was my first taste of what programming actually is, um, and I really liked that logic component, um, and that that remains my favorite part of web development and programming is is the logic, uh, you know, the the styling and the CSS or you know other things like that, um, you know. It's okay, but the real fun stuff I think is is uh, in the logic. Um, so I know that your starting point was not so long ago. I talked to a lot of people who they they started five years ago or eight years ago or whatnot. So I and I ask that I ask everybody this question, and for some people it's tough. I don't think it's gonna be that tough for you. Uh, but if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning, uh, what one piece of advice would you give yourself? <laughs> that's yeah that's a tough one um, <laughs> let's see what one piece of advice that I give myself I think that I think I would say to trust yourself more um, I you know I definitely this might not be evident by the amount of time, you know, that I, I took for, you know, to, to kind of learn and get a job, but I definitely had a lot of self doubt, um, learning to code. And I think the reason is, you know, as you, and I'm sure, you know, you've experienced this as well. When you first enter the workforce, which for me was in September, um, of last year as a fellow at Thinkful, uh, you start to interact with people who have, you know, who are developers, who have been developers for a while. And one of the things that um, I think led to some of that self-doubt is I met all these people with computer science degrees. Um, and, you know, I used to think that, oh, man, like, you know, not only people with computer science degrees, people who have been coding since like age eight or something, you know, you always hear these stories of people, yeah. Like, oh yeah, I taught myself to code by reading a book on C at eight years old. And, you know, you're like, I don't even know what code was at 18. Um, I, say, I don't think I had a computer at eight yet. Yeah. Maybe you know, and so, you know, as a, as a self-taught developer without a formal computer science education, I think it's, it can be easy to say, oh, I can never learn this or oh, I'll never catch up to them or you know, kind of doubt your ability to to learn or to be competent um, or even to be really good as a developer. And I think that would be, um, I think that's incorrect. Um, you know, I, I've talked to people with computer science degrees and who've been coding since they were eight, and I've, I've kind of like told them this. And, you know, they said, uh, you know, the experience and, and time is uh, is relative because 
you know, if you're, if you're an adult and you're, and you're learning, um, you know, and you're spending a lot of time learning something, you know, relative to someone who's 10 years old, who's like reading through a book, you know, six months of, of, of an adult focused learning might be equal to three years of a kid reading a book, right. Or a college student who's partying and also doing, you know, a computer science degree. Um, you know, there will be those people who have been like dedicated, focused, practicing coding for, you know, since they were eight and, you know, you probably will never catch up to them. Um, but you but can you don't, definitely, you don't really need to. Also. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, and, that, and that's what I realized too, is like, you know, that those are going to be the outliers, but for most people, you know, you don't need to become like this genius programmer, you know, you, you can be a very successful, uh, developer, software engineer, programmer, <clears throat> entrepreneur, whatever it is, uh, you know, without, without those, it's really about just putting in the time. So obviously you're still, I mean, you're, you're obviously working full time and doing this, uh, you know, as your career. And, but I would imagine that you're still learning, um, how, for the people that jump into the workforce, I know I experience this all the time. How do you find the time to continue learning, um, while working in this in it as well? Uh, <clears throat> it's really hard. Be nice to your significant other. So they get the <laughs> program. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been tough. And I've actually, uh, it's something that I've kind of, I'm trying to learn, uh, how to do it better, you know, as, cause it's, it's like my seventh or eighth week in the job, um, at TapEd. So I'm still pretty new at it myself, but, uh, one of the things I tried was, uh, taking, you know, taking another class. So, you know, the only formal class I've taken was Thinkful's uh, class. Um, and then I did the fellowship and I, I was learning on the job. So, you know, once you have a full-time job and you're coding every day, um, it's easy to not push yourself to code on the nights and weekends. And so <clears throat> my first... So it's, that is 100% true. It is yeah. so tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're like so excited that you're actually like coding on a day-to-day basis um, and it's great. Uh, but then all of a sudden that kind of like fire in your belly can definitely go down. Um, but you still want to learn, right? You still like love to code. You still love to learn. And you still have uh, to learn because it's, it's one of those skills where you never, first of all, you never stop learning. And also if you're starting out, you need to keep pushing yourself to continue learning. So you can at least try to catch up to those people who are 10 years in. Exactly. Yeah. Catch up. And then even for people who are 10 years in or, um, you know, or whatever, like they have to keep their skills up to date. You know, yeah. there's new technologies, new frameworks, new languages, new methodologies and best practices coming out, you know, so often that, you know, uh, even if I was 10 years in, like you got to keep, you know, you got to keep learning. Um, so that's definitely true. And so I, I think I've taken two approaches. Uh, my first approach was, was paying a good deal of money for a formal class. Um, I took a, a D3 class uh, which for the listeners who aren't familiar, D3 is a data visualization library uh, written in JavaScript. Um, so I took a D3 class at uh, this place called New York City Data Science Academy um, and, you know, paid a good deal of money for it. I, you know, I had a job and uh, by paying for it, I was definitely going to show up, you know, 9 a.m. on Saturday for four <laughs> hours. For, and that was pretty brutal. But, um, but uh, you know, it definitely it definitely got me you know, got me a show up for, for a total of 20, 20 plus hours. Um, and I think that can be effective. You know, it, it changes the incentives around learning. So it's not easy to brush off a class that you paid for. For sure. Um, 
And I think that can work. Uh, I'd actually, my second approach, I think I'm actually a little bit more excited about because what I found, again, with the whole self-education versus kind of formal education, uh, you know, concept is that when you're taking a class, you're not, the, the learning is not optimized for, for one, you know, for you. It's optimized for the class. And so, you know, there wasn't as much time spent actually coding as I would have liked. Um, and I was actually just having this conversation with my girlfriend uh, tonight, uh, which is that I think if I had spent, you know, the equivalent amount of hours that I was in the class, actually just, let's say, reading, you know, the O'Reilly book on D3 and going through the book and exercising myself, that I would have been further along. Oh, wow. Um, and that's not, to, that's not a knock on, you know, New York City Data Science Academy or the teacher. I mean, he was great. He was very knowledgeable. Um, it's just the reality of teaching four people instead of one. Yeah. Right? I also think I think the thing with classes that a lot of people don't understand, and we're going over time a little bit, but it's okay. Um, that people don't understand is that um, the once you get to a certain level, classes are a little hard to the more advanced classes. It's hard to figure out which classes are right for your level. Um, like I took a jQuery jQuery JavaScript class for a couple of weeks, and like a lot of it was really good information, but there was a bu- oh, there was a bunch of it where I was like all right, let's move on because I got this. And it's so hard to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and I think it is true that the, the more experience you get, the, in general, the less uh, valuable a, a kind of formal class structure with a teacher and mentor can be. Um, I'd say the, less, the more familiar you get with the, the type of material you're learning, right? So, you know, once, once you, you know, once you learn a programming language, your second programming language will be much easier, right? All the paradigms are the same. So, you know, whereas it re- might be really helpful to take a class or have a mentor, you know, on hand all the time for your first language, for your second language, maybe, maybe not. For your third language, probably not at all, right? For sure. So, you know, I think what I'm excited about now is I, I want to learn the mean stack, right? So I want to learn Node, Express, and, and Mongo. Um, and... You know, I'm subscribed to this uh, service called uh, frontendmasters.com. Um, we'll link and, to that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. Um, they have, you know, it's like something like $40 a month, and they have uh, really intensive, uh, in-depth online classes. Oh, very cool. Um, I'll have to check are, that out for myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all front-end stuff, and it's all, like, advanced stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's great for someone who's, you know, kind of, in the front-end development world, but looking to just keep learning. Great. Um, and I think I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to spend this, the same amount of time as I did in the class, like four hours, um, you know, on a Sunday or Saturday, but going through, you know, an online course or, or a book or something on my own and compare how much I learned um, relative to going to a class. And, and I'm pretty sure that I'll actually learn – uh, learn more because the amount of time I've spent coding would probably be like five times as much um, doing it on my own. Um, now, granted, if I was to learn something that I know nothing about, like, you know, down the line, I, I want to learn, um, you know, get into data science, right? I mean, that's like maybe a couple of years down the line or whatever. Um, that's a lot of math that I'm not familiar with, right? Like that time I'll probably go seek out a mentor, take a class, you know, um, so I can get over that hump. For sure. So the last question I like to ask all my guests is, uh, where can we find you on the internet, Twitter, website, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. So uh, I'm on 
I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm not super active, but I, I, I do. I'm on there. It's uh, at Morgan Pulliton. Um, so it's my first and last name. Um, I'm also on GitHub, and unfortunately, I haven't been contributing um, as much lately because I don't know if you've experienced this, Ruben, but you know, taking classes or doing open source projects, uh, you know, is a lot easier when you're not working full time. That is a hundred percent true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it looks like I haven't, you know, on my profile it looks like I haven't committed in a while, even though you know at work. I'm, I, I am sure you're committing every day at work. <laughs> Morgan, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. First of all, from on a personal level, I appreciate it because I think we both started basically at the same time and are almost in the same place. Um, so. It's great to hear from somebody in my who's also in my shoes. Uh, I want to thank my two sponsors for today, Media Temple and Expand the Room. Uh, the links to that and everything else we spoke about will be in the show notes at www.howtoholdapencil.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber. That's R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. And once again, thanks to Morgan, and I will see you all next week. Thanks, Ruben. It was- Great time.